to Nobody Asked Our Opinion, a podcast where two bozos uh, talk all things pop culture. This bozo is Joanna. And this bozo is JJ. Hello. And we're late. <laughs> and we're late. We apologize. Um, JJ decided that moving on our recording day was a good idea. And so, um, I, so I text him that night and I said, hey... Are we still recording at like 10.30? And he was like, bro, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I made like George Jefferson and moved on up to the east side. Is it really east though? That's more east. Yeah. No, that's you more are... west. Never mind. I was going to say, no, it's not. I was like, that's not east. You moved west. You moved to the west side. West. But you did... But you did move on up to the uh, to that penthouse. It's a penthouse apartment in the sky. Also, don't think we're rich. It's it's a penthouse, but it's not super fancy. I mean, it's, it's not it's even, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's nicer than what you had, but it's not like a penthouse. <laughs> oh no, it's not like a, it. It wouldn't. It would be like. I forgot my train of thought. I can't think. <laughs> it's a loft. It's just on the top floor, so it's called a penthouse. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so JJ moved, and because I decided to be a good friend and allow him to sleep, um, and I didn't want to talk to myself for an hour, hour and a half, <laughs> um, and it was far too late to have Jonathan do it, um, I was like, well, this be late this week. It'll be fine. <laughs> We'll work through it. Nobody will really care. <laughs> It'll be fine. Actually, that's a lie. My aunt texted me and she was like, so you're, I, I'm not going to have to stay up to like wait for your episode to come out if I'm awake? And I was like, no, because it's not going to happen that day. She's like, well, when it will come out? I was like, I think Thursday. We're going to go with Thursday. You'll get back to back episodes. Um, I say Thursday. It could come out on Friday. We could have two episodes on Friday. Ooh. I don't know. It depends on how fast Jonathan edits. Yeah. Once we record this, it is out of our hands. <laughs> Quite literally. Um, but let's talk about the news. Um, Mark Hamill um, is so silly. I don't know if this is like a troll move or just like it's just a testament to like how beloved of of celebrity figure he is amongst his fans. But he blew up on Twitter this past week because. He tweeted his name. That's it. <laughs> well, and it was one of those things, though, is that watching it, because I watched it happen on Twitter. Like, I was, like, I got I got an alert. Like, Twitter even was like, girl, you want to see this happen. And so I'm sitting there, and somebody had, like, pointed it out that he had done it before. And he had also, like, just did a punctuation. Like, oh, he it? got a... It was a period. It was just just mm -hmm. him in a period, and it like blew up also. And he just he tweeted his name because someone said, um, "Here, I just pulled it up." Um, it was on my birthday. Um, it says uh, at Mark or Hamill himself. You could tweet. Yeah, you could just tweet Mark Hamill, and you get thousands of likes. And so Mark Hamill tweeted Mark Hamill, <laughs> um, and it got. Um, as of right now, it says uh, 618,000 likes, uh, 37.3 thousand retweets, 
and 5,570 comments. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the internet is bizarre world, y'all. Like, this doesn't I mean, make any sense. Twitter's a special place. And then somebody, like, retweeted it and says, will this work for anyone? Here it goes. Mark Hamill. And so Mark Hamill retweeted it and said, your chance to prove it will work. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, this is such a bizarre... Like, who... People... Companies... Fortune 500 companies spend probably thousands, millions of dollars on social media campaigns, you know, staffing with, trying to keep up on viral trends, and all Mark Hamill has to do is just fucking tweet his own goddamn name, and he gets hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets and shit. <laughs> it's um, so, so this strange. Is our plea. So this is our plea right now. Um, we love our social media manager, but we could use a little boost, so... Um, I'm just saying, Mark Hamill, if you would like to take over one of our social media accounts for, like, a day, I'm sure Natalia would love, like, the day off, um, and just tweet out your name with our handle or something, um, we could use the attention. So um, if anybody can get this out to Mark Hamill and see if he wants to take over our social media for a day, even an hour, like just let him log in and do like whatever he wants for an hour. I mean, all um, you, I guess all you have to do is just, you could just tweet his name yourself. That's what, that's, that's what people have, I guess have well, done. We don't have, well, I guess. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that we have to make a Twitter now. So we can tweet out Mark Hamill's name and see if we can get get some more followers. Ugh, one more platform we have to deal with. See, that sounds like too much work. That's why I just want Mark Hamill to take over like just... our Instagram for like <laughs> yeah. five minutes. Five minutes. That's all I need. I mean, just, just whatever he can do. Um, or even just retweet us for like one day. Um, retweet all of our Instagram posts. Just one day. I just, I feel like if we have the power of Mark Hamill behind us, we can do anything. Also, Mark Hamill's like a gem. And I would also just settle for like a wave or a high five. <laughs> Acknowledge my existence. <laughs> That's all you have to do, Mark. And now I'm like just going through and I'm like scrolling through. And I was like, oh, that's him on it for Masters of the Universe. He was a great Skeletor. I can't wait for part two. But I digress. Go away, Twitter. You're distracting me. <laughs> God damn you, Mark Hamill. You've done it again. You know who else has done it again? Who else has done it again? Britney Spears has done it again. She has made headlines. Uh, not because of something that she's done, but her father has suddenly filed to end the conservatorship. Uh, clearly to avoid some sort of there's like a, a 47 million dollar bond that he has to that he's trying to avoid paying but oh yeah no like <laughs> as soon as I saw the headline like it was like absolutely an admiral Akbar like it's a trap <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but I mean hey if we get him out there and we can get somebody else to look over Britney's mental health and make sure she doesn't like do something silly like yeah. the bad silly. Like she can do silly silly. Like 
I would love if Britney Spears just went full Rupert Grant with her money and like just bought like ridiculous things. Is that what Rupert Grant did to it? Did Rupert Grant. Rupert Grant bought an ice cream truck and would like was like driving it around the UK just giving out free ice cream. And he also owns, I think, a llama farm. Uh, oh. <laughs> because he can like. I think Daniel Radcliffe is, like, famous in an interview saying, like, nobody asked me what I do with my money. Like, Rupert's the one who did everything that we said we would do when we were, like, 12. <laughs> so, um, I would love for Britney Spears to go, like, Rupert Grint silly with her money. But I don't want her to go, like, crazy silly. And that's just, she needs somebody who will take care of her and look after her in a way that her father has not. Yeah, and I think she's even said that she there's um, uh, somebody on her staff that she was she was like even after the conservatorship is dissolved, um, if and when that happens, she would still like to have um, one of the officers from the conservatorship like stay on her team just so that she can like kind of hold hold the fort down and help her like you know almost like a personal assistant kind of thing she's like i i i love having this person on my staff or like in my life so i would love it if that would continue but it seems yeah. like a positive seems like a positive influence on her so which we stand and also like britney spears has not been allowed to be in charge of her own finances for a very long time so i would doubt that she would know how to go about it not because she's not capable, but because she wasn't allowed to. So why would she want to try to take care of all of that by herself now? Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, her empire is massive, I'm sure. So it's like, it's a lot to, to take on solo, relatively. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure she's got, still got a team, but, you know, there's, there's always, it's always nice to have, like, a person that can, like, direct all the traffic or help direct all that traffic. Absolutely. Yeah, according to this uh, BuzzFeed article, Jamie, Jamie Spears, her father, um, is, uh, if he is found guilty of conservatorship abuse, he would have to pay back a bond of $47 million. So if he files to a petition, so he's filed a petition to end it in an attempt to avoid being uh, found guilty of abuse Potentially. Boo. Which is kind of, yeah, which is kind of like a shitty move to be like, oh, because it would be nice to be like, oh, I understand, I get, I understand now the effect of this conservatorship. Let's, let's end this now. No, he's just like, I don't want to have to pay $47 million because I, I totes abuse this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um. I don't, like, just in case they realize I'm a shit human, I'm just going to bounce out now. <laughs> bounce out now, avoid paying uh, any money in regards to that, and just kind of walk away from the situation. Um, but, I mean, if it gets, at this point, if it, if it does get her out of this conservatorship, I, I guess it's a good step forward. It's just shitty that it seems to be for uh, backhanded reasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, what's best for her 
needs to happen. And this is probably the easiest break we're going to get. Yeah, I mean, this this it's still an ongoing kind of thing. So hopefully, like, it comes out for the better. But damn, her her father is kind of a shit human. In, yeah. In, in all, in kind of in every aspect of the word. <laughs> oh, completely. Like, um, for real, yeah. what is this guy's issue? Um, clearly he didn't watch enough Blue's Clues growing up. Oh, God. If only okay. he had watched Blue's Clues. Okay, so everybody saw that the original... Uh, I guess host of Blue's Clues, I guess that you'd say. Steve. Steve. Steve, because then there was Joe. Uh, but we had Steve first. And Steve came out and um, with the video. And even Nick Jr. like re like tweeted that shit out, which mm-hmm. I thought was adorable. But so Steve came out and kind of basically apologized for leaving everybody so suddenly. Um, and just uh, said, you know what? I'm even during all of this time, I've been thinking of you, and you're doing great. Like you're fine. You can handle all of this. And I've been thinking of you, and I care about you. And um, our stone faced little JJ feels all of the things because he was a Blues Clues kid. Um, oh, and for, for sure. once, and for once, like. Joanna's not the one who is like bawling her eyes out over Twitter <laughs> because I was not a Blue's Clues kid. I did not watch Blue's Clues growing up as a child. I didn't watch it until adulthood because of like babysitting and stuff. So it wasn't really my jam. So while I understand the nostalgia and I am thankful and grateful for the message, it didn't hit me in the feels like these things usually do oh yeah and it hit me right in the feels like i feel like the grinch when his heart grew 10 times bigger that (laughs) the night of uh christmas eve or whatever it was christmas morning and the grinch's heart grew three sizes they say yeah um jj's heart grew three sizes that day when steve (laughs) came back out of the woodwork yeah um I will say (laughs) it was sweet. No, but I will say so. uh, uh, Stephen Colbert was like (laughs) watching it. Yes, I saw this. I died. It was so great. So Stephen Colbert is like watching little segments of it. Then it cuts back to him and he's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I miss you too, buddy. And then, and then Steve did come out and he goes, Stephen, do you need a hug? And then he gave him a hug, and, and it was the most wholesome thing on the planet. Um, I recommend, if you have not seen Stephen Colbert get a hug from Steve from Blue's Clues, just YouTube that. YouTube it right now. Pause this. Come back to it. Um, it's so sweet, and it'll just make you feel better about your day. Because oh, that sure. was a long hug, too. Like, that wasn't just, like, a quick hug. That was Mm-mm. a long, like... Like, I like, felt that. <laughs> I felt like, that hug. Yeah, he was healing wounds right that moment. <laughs> but uh, it was it, sweet. It was a sweet message, and like you said, I I haven't grown up with Blue's Clues, 
Um, it, 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 it was strange that like, oh, I didn't, I guess I, uh, who knew that I needed Steve from Blue's Clues to like acknowledge, oh, shit's been hard, but look how, look how you triumph through it. And to have him be like, I think he ends the video with like, I'm glad we're still friends because I've never forgotten about you. And I think that, like, as you get older and, you know, your your group of friends change and, like, the people you are associate with kind of shift because it, it happens. Adult, when you grow into adult, you, you know, your interests change and you grow at different paces. And so sometimes you, you know, stop seeing people as, you know, and you, you some friendships kind of fall by the wayside. And it's it's weirdly, like affirmational to hear somebody who's like I haven't we haven't seen Steve on Blue's Clues or Steve in any capacity for like a couple decades to come back and be like you know what kids I didn't forget about you and I'm glad we're still friends and you're just like holy shit yeah like yeah we are (laughs) we are friends Steve and I love you let's go find Blue (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it was also really cute because when they uh, they ran off to go find Blue together, the band played a jazz version of the Blue Skidoo song. Yeah. And that was really cute also. I was like... So adorable. All right, nostalgia. I don't even have this nostalgia and I feel some nostalgia. That was really cute. <laughs> oh, it was adorable. It was absolutely adorable. Okay. So we need to shift to something that Joanna actually watches. <laughs> Although I care less about it this season than I have in a while. And I have never cared, but I guess this um, is like a huge, a huge, uh, a huge deal because of some con- implications based on some of the contestants. So there's a lot going on. Okay, so um, I've seen not every season, but I've seen a lot of seasons of Dancing with the Stars. Judge me if you will. I don't care. I like trashy reality television. Fight me. <laughs> And I have seen maybe a few episodes randomly as I've watched them with Joanna. I was going <laughs> to say, she... you've, seen, you've seen random things because I've either forced you to watch a YouTube dance or Shane and I were watching it in the living room. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, it's and even Shane like, picks, like cherry picks which seasons he watches depending on like who's on it. Mm-hmm. He's sure. going to skip this season because he doesn't care. Um, so I have the cast list as, as far as like who the... Um, stars are um it's a loose term this year looser than it has been in a while um so we have Mm -hmm. country country music singer jimmy allen sure okay um the only one i think i'm even remotely excited about former spice girl melcy (laughs) sporty spice sporty Sporty spice Spice is on dancing with the stars we haven't seen her in a while i'm excited melanie c Go go work it. Um, then we have Bling Empire star Christine Chu. I apologize for butchering your name. Um, I don't watch Bling Empire, but cool. Um, <laughs> the Office and Bold Type star Melora Hardin. I don't know who that is either. I'm trying to think from The Office. It says the office and bold type star Melora Hardin. I get, oh, I she played Jan. She played Jan in the office. Like okay, Michael Can Scott's I... boss slash lover. 
Can I say something controversial yet brave? Go I, for it. I have. I don't think I've ever actually seen an entire episode of The Office. Ever. And I don't care. <laughs> that is bold and controversial. <laughs> controversial yet brave. I'm sure it's a lovely program. I'm sure if I sit down <laughs> and watch the program, I will be fine. I would rather watch the, uh, the UK version because it's only one season. Maybe two. Um... That sounds much more manageable and probably less like jumping the shark like. But I, I, for everybody who loves this show, I congratulate you. I don't judge. I don't care. Don't hate me. <laughs> okay, then we have um, YouTuber Olivia Jade, who famously went to college because her mom, Lori Laughlin, paid a lot of money for her to do so. <gasps> No way! That's who she. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so Olivia Jade dancing with the stars, who's really only famous because her mom went to jail, <laughs> because so she can get a college education. Wow. So yeah, so that's who that is. So that's one of the big, uh, the big controversies happening right now. Um, and then former Bachelor Matt James. I don't know which one it is. I've only seen the handful, like a couple of episodes that Shane watches, um, just because that was never my my brand of trashy TV. I haven't done it yet. Um, and this is like there's like people who are upset about it because there's been a lot of like Bachelorette stars who've done really well on the show. I think one the last couple of seasons, um, and not necessarily for being the best dancer there, but because a lot of people watch trashy television. Yes. So they get a lot of votes in, and they're not necessarily the best. Yeah, um, the the Bachelor fandom is kind of ridiculous. Yes. And then we have Broadway star and the talk host, Amanda Klutz. Um, Broadway star is a loose term. Amanda Klutz was in, I think, one Broadway show in the ensemble. But yeah. that does technically make you a Broadway star, I guess. Um and also um, probably has a leg up because uh, Broadway dancers are legit dancers and um, yeah so you're going to pick up partner dance real easy <laughs> um, let's see then we have Karate Kid and Cobra Kai star Martin Cove yeah he was uh, he played John Kreese he was the lead yes. of the Cobra Kai uh, dojo yeah, and he's like in his seventies. He's yeah, he's he's up there, so he'll probably ride the struggle bus most likely. Um, yeah, no, I I don't remember who because I think like there's a leak that came out as who all the partners were, and um, I forget who his partner is, but I was like, damn, they're like you're not winning this season. <laughs> Shade. That's how that went. Um, Tokyo Olympic gymnast uh, Suni Lee. You go, girl. Gymnasts do really well on this show also. Um, Wrestler Mike the Miz uh, Mizanin. I have no idea. (laughs) I think he was also on, like, the the real world or something like that, and then became, like, a pro wrestler. Ew. Is that how? I want to say that's, like, how that went. 
okay. But, you know, the okay, here, so, and then to keep it, get ready to ugh again, Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kenya Moore. Good lord, okay. Um, <laughs> and then, um... <laughs> I think the next one is so random, so random. Peloton instructor Cody Rigsby, <laughs> who I guess is really famous on Instagram? <laughs> Which is, again, the internet is such a weird place, y'all. <laughs> so um, strange. The other one that's actually, like, at least moderately famous at this point, Beverly Hills 90210 star Brian Austin Green. He's actually re- been doing shit. <laughs> yeah, and, like, he's he looks, like, he looks pretty trim and fit for to take on a dancing, like, competition like this. So I'm like, that's kind of exciting. Although, um, T, he's dating um, pro dancer Sharna Burgess, who is um, allegedly also going to be his partner. Oh. I see, I see. I see Brian Austin Green. And then, but Brian Austin Green was also one of the hosts of The Masked Dancer. I think, yeah, he was on that show with. Like that had the randomest like judging panel because it was like Brian Austin Green, uh, Ashley Tisdell, Ken Jeong, and Paula Abdul. Wow. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that was a show that happened. Um, and then we have singer and YouTube uh, YouTuber and dancer Jojo Jojo Siwa, who was uh, I think also, she was former former she was uh, one of dance moms people. Dance moms. Yeah, she was in that show, I think, towards the later seasons, I, I want to say. Something like um, that. And she's also, like, social media famous, too. Yep, and um, she also has, uh, not too long ago, come out as gay. And has also, um, for, like, she was filming, I think, a movie and then asked them to take out a kiss that she was supposed to share with a young man because she said she didn't want to put that out there because it doesn't represent who she is and she doesn't want people to, especially young fans who are struggling with their own sexual uh, sexual orientation, to look at her coming out saying, I'm gay and I'm proud, and then kissing a guy on screen. And so she will be making history as the first dancer to be coupled with a partner of the same sex. Yeah, I want to say, have there been other gay contestants on the show? There have been plenty of gay contestants on this show, and they have all been partnered with uh, dance partners of the opposite sex. Of the opposite sex, so. Always. Um, But she said, I want to do this, but I want to dance with a woman. That'll be interesting to see what, like, what dance routines, because oftentimes those dance routines are very, like, very heteronormative. It's, like, the man chasing after the girl, and she is playing hard to get. Well, and it's also, especially in a ballroom setting, you have a, uh, you have a lead and a follow, and typically... It is a male lead with a female follow because that's how you structure your dance. Mm-hmm. However, I've done a, some ballroom dance instruction in the past where 
um, surprise, surprise, there are more females in the class than males in the class. So there have been plenty of times where, Joanna, you're going to be lead. And so also when you're in a ballroom dance set a setting, though, they don't say male or female. You're a lead or a follow. So I've, I've done what's traditional, the male part, and done lead so I can, one, teach the guys next to me how to do the lead, but also teach the follow how to follow the lead. And um, so it's it'll be interesting to see if Jojo Siwa decides to want to tr do the traditional lead part or decides to do the traditional follow part or if they switch it up dan like each dance. I'm honestly, this is the main reason I besides I want to see Melanie see Sporty Spice on my television. <laughs> I want to see how this works out just because it's never been done before and at like I said and as someone who has danced both sides of the ballroom I would love to see how people are deciding to take this or, or how they decide to approach it um, and see how they move forward because I find it fascinating that we're finally after what I think this is the 30th season of Dancing with the Stars and we're only finally mm -hmm. just getting a same sex couple to dance in the ballroom yeah bananas and I mean, speaking from a ballroom dancing layman, uh, would it make sense to have the professional dancer to be lead and her be the follow? Or is there situations where having the amateur be the be lead can work? Um, for it would honestly depend on the dance because sometimes the uh, the lead has more difficulty just because there are tricks and things that are done that are difficult to execute if you don't have the strength to be able to do like the lifts and things like that sure but uh, and so being a follow in that situation would be easier but as a lead, you don't have to do as many of the things because typically the follow is the one doing the spins, getting thrown around and pushed out and having to keep balance and things like that. And the the lead is the frame. Oh, okay. So so it like so it'll really come down to what dance you're doing. If it's a um, a cha cha it wouldn't really matter. You can go either way because it's a, uh, it's a Latin, but it's a traditional ballroom dance. So there's no lifts allowed. Um, so there wouldn't, that wouldn't be an issue. And, um, you, it's a pretty balanced type of dance, um, because of how it's structured. Um, like same thing with like a waltz or a, uh, or like a Roomba or something like that. Again, it's there's no lifts allowed, and um, that one maybe even being a lead would be better because you're you're holding the framework to keep the follow steady, and then you're the one setting up the turns and things like that, and the follow has to go do those things, um, which is you don't have to. You, you're doing less counting because as a follow, you have to make sure you're doing your counting to make sure you end up in the right space on the right beat. Um, mm -hmm. 
but doing something like an Argentine tango or a uh, salsa where lifts and tricks and flips and stuff are allowed or like a jive um, those you would want to be a follow because um, you're doing you're doing less of the leg work as far as like doing the lifts and things like that so it'll be interesting to see how they approach it because I find it fascinating and um, it makes me want to dance again <laughs> And have they announced who's each other, who's partnered with who? Not officially. I saw a leak. Um, and the leak that I saw, the only one that I remember is that I remember that Sharna Burgess was partnered with Brian Austin Green because they're dating. And Jojo Siwa was supposed to be partnered with Jenna Johnson, I believe. Why is her name so familiar? Because it almost sounds like Joanna Johnson. Have I seen her, like, dance before? Probably. She's been on the show for a while. I mean, she does look really familiar. When have I... When have I seen her dancing? Who have her partners been? Oh, hold on. I'm going to her Wikipedia page right now. Mm um like the one that stands out to me was that she was partnered with um karamo, karamo brown yeah. she was partnered with karamo and then she was also not a oh adam really um they, that was a weird season though they were okay. partnered but it was like a weird season that was like a short season but that was the first time she won but she was also partnered with was that, with uh, her, was that neve a, from catfish yes um, no, but she was partnered with, um, not officially. She, like, was, like, a fill-in because Sharna got hurt for, why can't I think of his name? He was a race car driver. He was really good. I was really mad he didn't win. But they had some really good dances when she filled in. Because it was her and him, and they did a, uh, uh, they did a dance as the Joker and Harley Quinn. Um, to you don't uh you don't own me, and it was so good. Oh, that was the first time I was like, oh, they need to do more with her because she is so good. Um, oh. why can't I remember his name? That's gonna bug me now. I'll figure it out at some point. It's gonna be randomly like another thirty minutes into the podcast. I'm gonna just shout his name, and you're gonna be like, what? And I'm like, it's the guy. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. James Hinchcliffe. Yes, James Hinchcliffe. I loved him. I was so mad he didn't win. Wow, that, the costumes that they were, the their outfits and stuff are actually really. That's actually really well. Like that's that's like the, that's the Joker and that's Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Okay, next time I come over, um, I'll probably forget, but we're definitely gonna sit down. I'm gonna make you watch like the really good like Dancing with the Stars videos, so you can watch like some of the cool dances without having all of the bullshit, like <laughs> trying to watch Tyra announce because. <laughs> oh, she's and she's still she's still, uh, she's still lined up as host, isn't she? Yeah, because she's the producer. Oh boy. She took over as executive producer, so she's the host. I'm hoping that they have, like, an audience, so maybe that'll help her out a little bit better. Because I will say she had everything going against her because she, her first season was with, like, was a COVID season. 
So I'm willing to hopefully give her the benefit of the doubt, but we'll see. Um, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us talking about this now before I keep going because I can talk about this for a really long time. <laughs> Speaking of things we can talk about for a long time, let's but move this... into our Drag Race 20. <laughs> but we actually put a time limit on this. We have a time limit on this. JJ's gonna get the timer set up, and I'll explain the rules. Drag Race 20 is a 20-minute segment where we talk for 20 minutes and 20 minutes only about all things drag. Um, because when left to our own devices, we will talk about it for a whole lot longer. Um, and who knows where we're going on this one, on this little roundabout, because um, <laughs> there's no U.S. Uh, drag season happening right now, so we all over the place oh yeah but there's we got some sh- we got some shit to talk about we got some shit to talk to talk i was gonna say i have oh yeah brand new things to talk about because i was watching things but um do you got our timer set uh we're ready okay three two one trackers 20 okay so i before i you and i got on the phone to do this uh podcast i was watching lucifer season six and the reason I bring this up is because in the second episode of Lucifer season six, um, Katya and Bob the drag queen are on there because the, one of the uh, murder victims that they're dealing with was a uh, like a drag queen, but like in secret. And so instead of showing anybody else in the entire show in drag, which I appreciate, they only show two people in drag and it is Katya who is like the hostess at the start of the uh, at the club so like the detective comes in and talks to Katya for a little bit which is great um, and then uh, goes on in and then uh, we get to see Bob the drag queen whose character name is um, Busty oh I already fo- forgot it it was like it was like something absurd um, I will keep talking about it while I look this up. But, um, and she gets to do a number with, uh, Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer, and it's phenomenal. And then Bob even gets, like, a, like, a little heartfelt scene in the back, like, a little bit later. It's so good. It is so good, and I was really excited. Busty Bazung- Bazungas. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> Busty Bazungas is Bob's name on this show. And um, yeah, it was really nice to see some familiar faces on my, you know, DC, um, you know, devil show. So that was exciting for me and I had to share. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. Um, That reminds me of Shane and I were watching um, uh, 911. Yeah. and it's like that Fox show about like firefighters and um, get and it just happened to be an episode where they're get they're called to a building fire and the building the fire source is coming from one of the apartments and it's an apartment full of drag queens of which we see homegirl Shangela hell yeah and uh, not a, not a uh, RuPaul's Drag Race girl, but uh, a drag queen, uh, you know, legend in and of herself, but uh, a Miss Sherry Vine, 
uh, was also on the episode. And I, um, I, I love that hard vine. Sherry vine. Vine. Because even she would say, like, she would be like, you know, when the Sherry Pie stuff happened, people would be like, you know, getting on her social media and like, you know, giving her guff. And she's like, y'all, it's Sherry Pie. I'm Sherry Vine. Completely different people. (laughs) Yes. Sherry Vine, though. Um, I love that she was on TV. That's amazing. And she's a hilarious queen. I've seen, I've listened to podcasts that she's been on. She's, I mean, she's a seasoned veteran yes. in the drag scene. I believe she's her. She mostly centralizes in L.A., but like she's, you know, hosting, doing lots. I mean, she's been, she's been, you know, she's been part part of the scene for, you know, a long time. She's a staple in the drag scene, so. I thought that kind of reminded me of that that moment. I'm trying to think of any other like random ass TV appearances of. Um, Just all of a sudden you're like, "What the fuck are you doing on my television, drag queen?" Oh, Trixie was on a, a, a uh, an episode of American Horror Story. Oh yeah, and Trixie's on uh, Crank Yankers now. Remember Crank Yankers? I do remember Crank Yankers. That's astounding <laughs> and now Trixie's a puppet on Crank Yankers or was like uh, featured on there or something and I think that's hysterical um, one because people don't do that anymore <laughs> so I'm surprised that it came back but also get it Trixie I mean Trixie's You'd be a puppet. yeah Trixie as a puppet is gold <laughs> It's wild. It's wild, as Bob <laughs> Dracu would say. Yes. Um, I am here for that. Um, did you see that we finally have a date for Canada season two? I saw in our notes, but I, I've been too busy <laughs> too busy trying to make sure that all my stuff is moved to the proper location that I haven't been paying attention to very much else. <laughs> uh, the only reason I knew is because, and I put it in the notes, is because I saw it on Brooklyn Heights Instagram. <laughs> so thanks, Brooke. <laughs> Thanks for keeping us informed. Um, That's a, yeah, they, so there's. Ha, a... They haven't. They, I, I don't think they've released any like cast list yet, right? Just the date. There's the date, and there was a cast photo. So there was like a promo cast photo that I saw on Instagram, but I didn't see any more uh, info than that. Um, but I also didn't look that hard for it. I mean, it's what it's supposed to be coming out in October, so I mean, we still we still have some time. Cause, um, yeah, cause, but not a whole lot. We're about a month away. We're we're gonna get a, a UK season three starting up before then, because that's coming up like oh a week in a week. Yeah, I know. I like. I can't believe that's like already here. Yeah. Oh, there is a promo video out also for Canada. Is it? Um, but it it's it's. I don't see a fool. Oh, cause they they give names, but I don't know if it's a fool. Uh, meet the queens or not. This may be something we talk about next week. Mm. Um, but they are giving out names on this little video. Um, but they look fun. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, Brooklyn Heights is coming back as the main judge, but we know that Jeffrey Blair Chapman has schedule conflicts, 
Um, <laughs> scheduling. Scheduling complex. Scheduling complex. Um, and um, uh, homegirl Stacy. Stacy McKenzie's not coming back, and I'm so mad. That makes I'm me sad. I'm so mad. I love Stacy McKenzie. She's the best. Like, honestly, they could have got, like, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman could have been, like, you know, busy, showed up for maybe, like, one episode. Or, like, what he should do is that they should have, like, rotated him out with, like, another judge like they do with, like, Carson and Ross. Mm. Because, you know, Carson and Ross are busy, so they, like, and having all of them on the, like, on the judging panel all the time makes it hard to have guests. So, like, rotating them out makes sense. And so you could have done that with somebody else and then still had the, you know, your your guest your guest judge pop in. And also I hope that they just let Brooklyn be like the lead host. Like let it let Brooklyn Heights just be the host of the show. This like uh, celebrity guest host thing, like that was just weird. Mm-hmm. And I thought like halfway through the season that I didn't mind it anymore, but I was just lying to myself because I wanted to enjoy the season more. It was never cool. Like it never worked. <laughs> just stop kidding. Just stop kidding yourself and just let Brooklyn be the host because Brooklyn's the fucking drag queen. Yeah. And like, uh, I think he just tried too hard to be like, to like, uh, I, uh, tried too hard to like take and take his job too seriously in a way, like it Jeffrey felt like Boyer Chapman. Yeah, like he he kind of sapped the fun out of like the judges panel. Um, my favorite thing ever was listening to the chop with Latrice in Manila, and Latrice just went in on him one day. Oh, yeah. It was like the first episode. It's just like. Not Jeffrey Boyer Chapman coming out here with his little ankle showing and no socks with his shoes. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I was like, damn. <laughs> so damn. You're like, you're like, whoa. Whoa. And, like, I swear to God, like, we went through, like, I think, like, three episodes of The Chop where Manila would go, Latrice, what's your chop this week? And she's like, <laughs> Jeffrey fucking, Boyer Jeffrey, fucking Jeffrey Boyer <laughs> Chapman. Who the fuck does he think he is? He cannot, like, and she, like, no, my favorite thing was that she was mad because he had said, he called one of the drag queens girl. And Latrice, and Manila was like, wait, can I not call you girl? She's like, no, because you're also a girl. You are a drag queen. You have earned that right. When somebody who is not a drag queen calls me girl, the way he said girl, I was like, "Uh uh-uh. You have not earned that. If Brooklyn had said girl like that, it would have been like, all right, well, Brooklyn knows what she's talking about because Brooklyn's a drag queen, but what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeesh. Damn. That was like, them bitches don't hold back, and I was here for it. No, I do remember those uh, those chopped episodes. <laughs> and hearing just the trees, like, like, if she, lit- she would literally chop... Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, like, with a knife. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Um, and I don't even remember who these new people are. I don't really care. I'm... Just let Brooklyn Heights be the main judge. That's all I ask. Let her be the host. Agreed. Agreed. Um, 
drag race related but not super related um did you happen to see what simone wore to the 2021 met gala oh yeah this beautiful gold like fringe number is astounding it is perfection i'm going through a list of like some of the best like um like does uh, fashion on the runway i'm uh, there was one um uh nikki tutorial she's the uh uh makeup artist youtuber who's like and, and it, she yeah, she was she, she was a guest judge, a judge on season one of holland uh drag race because mm-hmm, she's she's uh dutch herself yes and she's also trans and she wore this beautiful homage to Marsha P. Johnson at the mm-hmm. uh, at the at the Met Gala. This like really beautiful turquoise, um, I don't know. This like she, it, look, it looks really sheer, but it's like this beautiful sheer turquoise dress with like flowers draped over it, and she's wearing a flower headpiece, um, paying tribute to Marsha P. Johnson, uh, who's uh, famously. <clears throat> she was a pioneer trans uh, drag queen in New York, I believe. Yes. Did, uh, was she involved in this uh, the the Stonewall riots? Yeah, she was the one who started it. She, she was, was the, the one who started it, right? Yeah, she, yeah. She like threw the first brick, so to speak. Yeah, she cast yeah. the first stone. Yeah, yeah. So. Like have it's a beautiful gown and a beautiful sentiment. Um, Little Nas X had three reveals because <laughs> he's extra as fuck. Because he's extra as fuck. Oh my god. Um, have you so Little Nas X on his uh, TikTok in like preparation for the release of his new album has been uh, posting him with uh, with like a pregnancy pregnant belly yep saying montanero uh do blah 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 and would like do a countdown doing pregnancy photos of when he'll give birth to his new album and i think it's so perfect it is extra as fuck and i am here for it yeah Um, his met gala outfit is also extra as fuck (laughs) oh absolutely like you said three reveals like oh do we did we do enough reveals yet Mm, no no i have some more hold on uh, how about now? How about now? Um, Elliot Page makes a, uh, uh, oh my God. an appearance and I saw looking this, dapper as fuck. I saw this earlier today while I was at work, like at lunch, and literally like the teacher sitting next to me. I was like, oh my God. Uh, I was like, did you look at the Met Gala pictures? And she was like, yes. And I was like, did you see Elliot Page? She went, no. I was like, look at him looking super handsome on his first, it's his first red carpet since transitioning. And wow. he looks so good. So good, yes. Like, very classic, very sleek. And just like, very, his, his, his hair is very like early, early Bieber. With the swoop. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely, you know. But he looks so handsome. Um, so also, dapper. Can we talk about Dan Le- Levy? 
I was just I was saving I was saving him, baby. I was saving him because it's so good. So good. This is how you wear fringed sleeves, Rose. <laughs> this is how you do it. I'm dead. I'm dead. This you is how t- you do rouging on the sleeves. <laughs> Take a page out of Dan Levy's Met Gala look. That is how you do a rouged sleeve look. And you kill it. Bitch. You uh, shady I, bitch. I speak no lies. <laughs> I mean, no. You still shady as shit, though. <laughs> and uh, I forget. What's the, what was the theme? It was something about America. Oh. Like, I want to say it was like, oh, America, the, a lexicon of fashion. Yeah. And so oh, it's like, boy. So it's like, Did we tribute. Like, take that, yeah. I love that this is our drag race time and we like talked about one drag queen being at the Met Gala and we're like, we didn't get a runway this week. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did preface it saying this is kind of drag race related, but sort of kind of not. But like, but it, this but is our, is... this is our, this is our maxi challenge. <laughs> this is our maxi challenge. And if we could talk about the greatest, like the greatest drag queen of them all, Cardi B in that red dress. Ooh. I'm pregnant. Like, I'm pregnant. Like, fuck me. Like, these are so good. Like, I love the Met Gala. I love it so much. That's all I want is to see people in fancy dresses looking pretty. And... Oh, my God. I just saw a picture of Kim Petras, and she is a fucking horse. (laughs) She has a literal horse head on her tits. That's and, so amazing. And her ponytail is the horse's tail. Oh my god, that's perfection. Sweet Jesus. No, I do re- do you remember I think we were t- I was it a Met Gala look? I think it was actually a, just a regular red carpet look. It was um Gwendolyn Christie and she had like this it was like this phoenix like uh caftan flowy look that we both were just like I just came yeah, no, a Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, no, that was just like a red carpet. That wasn't even Met Gala. That was just Gwendolyn Christie being like fierce. Because like, ugh, I can't, I can't. I want the Met Gala all the time. I want it more than once a year. I Do you think... know? I I forget how really pretty she is until you get her dressed up in something like this. But did you see Billie Eilish's look? Mm-hmm. This like baby pink like i guess it's an oscar de la renta gown um but like looking very old hollywood but like i forget billy eilish is a stunning beauty oh yeah no i think that it's it's so good it's just yeah no she's so pretty it's so oh everybody's so pretty and it's so fun and people are like spouting out their messages like like I said, like Dan, uh, uh, Dan uh, Levy, not just uh, Dan Levy, not only just doing the uh, the most with those like rouged sleeves with the little ribbons or whatever on the outside. Like he also, it was like featuring two men just kissing in the middle mm-hmm. of his like middle of his outfit. It's been like, oh yeah, by the way, men can kiss. 
And I believe the print of, on the rest of the outfit was like the, it's like a map of North America. Yeah, it's, it is. Say. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's, uh, if I can look at it correctly, hold on, I'm trying to zoom in. Figuring out exactly where, what I'm looking at. Because uh, I think it's the U.S. and Canada. So, like, all of just, like, the northern continental. Oh, even the sleeves are a map. Uh, That's what I thought. Oh, uh, they're puffed sleeves and they're maps. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, I can't. It's so good. Little costumer in me just, like, cried a little bit. Oh. Did you see Tessa Tessa Thompson? She, uh, she's, uh, she, her outfit is kind of like a, like a, like a, I don't know, layered, uh, it reminds me of Bimini Bamboo Lashes, like, amoeba look. Uh-huh. But, like, in a, in, like, a red velvet color. Yes. Is that Kim Kardashian just head-to-toe black, even covering her face? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, Kara Delvening. She has just a simple, uh, beautiful, like, cigarette pant and a, like, bib-like oh, top that just yeah. says... Peg the patriarchy. Damn. And I said, Work, oh. Bitch. Oh. Okay. We're done. Okay, that bye. Is... Okay, bye. <laughs> um, so I hope you enjoyed us talking about Drag Race for like six minutes and then us gushing about the Met Gala for the rest of the time. <laughs> so it happens when Drag Race stops airing. But I mean, like, the, the Met I mean, Gala. We could have talked... I mean, that was a big deal, and we could have. I'm sure Jonathan appreciates that we timed ourselves. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it could have. Because uh, I'm looking at some more of the fashion and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So much but, more uh, to discuss. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick break. Let's talk about zombies inside the MCU. Let's talk about zombies. Zombies. Okay, so um, I'm going to go on record saying that I'm a liar. Um, I said that this week wasn't going to be zombies, and it was. I thought it was later. <laughs> and it was. Um, I thought it was going to be later, but it's not. But um, we got zombies, and um, it was good. I really yeah. enjoyed the zombies episode. It was just silly and it was fun and it was, it was zombies. I mean, who, who doesn't love a good zombie apocalypse every now and again? You know, just like uh, hordes of the undead eating human flesh. Like that's that's a tried and true, like, uh, entertainment right there. Like, there's. You know, the annals of history, the annals of our cinematic history have had so many iterations of different types of zombie apocalypses, different types of zombies, different, all, all sorts of different narratives. And 
I'm glad that we got a superhero zombie crossover. And I also appreciate that in a 30 minute episode, we managed to touch on every single zombie trope known to filmmaking. Oh, for in sure. In all like, of existence. <laughs> like the the uh, the distant growl that you're like, oh, what is that? Let me go investigate. Oh, yeah, it was a zombie and then I got eaten. <laughs> yeah, or like you have the start fake out and then you have, um, then they went full zombie land, um, you know, with like your uh, uh, Spider-Man's like, this is how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and that was like great and then you had like the way the zombies behaved is like a different type of trope and the let's how let's figure out how we're gonna get out of here kind of trope like there's just so many different like zombie tropes that were just every time you're like and it, it switched out enough to be like okay yeah i see you um like they even like paid homage to the uh to like the way walking dead is um, mm-hmm. you had, you had like a Shaun of the Dead feel at times. You had, um, just all sorts of things. And it still managed to be kind of spoopy. Right. Like when you, uh, like zombie Wanda is legit terrifying. Oh, I mean, even just like when they're on the, uh, when they're on the train car, the subway train and, uh, you see the Steve Rogers zombie like Captain America zombie like mm. and just how they shot it and then like all of a sudden you just see the face and you're like oh that's scary and kind of spoopy and I like it zombie. or like how uh, Captain America he's Kelly or like when uh, or like fucking Falcon zombie Falcon zombie can fucking fly <laughs> <laughs> flying zombie oh sweet Jesus <laughs> um, hell no and then the fact that like in the way like that Okoye um uh, like fucking just like sliced in half that was probably one of the more gruesome deaths we've seen on here so far and you went oh it was gross it was just missing some blood that that would have been like an r rating. (laughs) it would have been a hard r oh for sure yeah yeah because wasn't uh, i'm trying to think it wasn't even red blood was it no it was like a weird like gray like gush it was like a gray gooeyness yeah yeah it was like, yeah, it was like gray goo. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Shane has. He doesn't like it. I find it delightful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I liked the premise of it. I liked, I I enjoyed the, the twist and turns it took me on because for a zombie apocalypse 30 minute episode, I expected it to be predictable and it wasn't, which I appreciate. And I appreciate that all of, like, not everybody made it to the end of the episode alive or, you Mm -hmm. know, not a zombie. I appreciate that it still had heart. Um, And fuck my life if they keep putting Chadwick Boseman in these things, saying all of these profound, beautiful sentiments about life and uh, (laughs) how we honor people after they've died. I'm going to flip tables because my little heart can't take it anymore. Yeah, I thought, I thought um, the uh, T'Challa Star Lord episode was his last like voiceover thing. I think it's the last one where he was the main focus because I think I read something that he's going to pop up in like at least one or two more episodes this season. Oh, okay. But not as, but he's not a central character. 
That was his like Star-Lord leading one. role. Yeah, so the the T'Challa's Star Lord is, uh, which is why they dedicated it to him, was because that was the most work that he had, he did on any one episode, and he was the leading character. Gotcha. Which gotcha, is gotcha. why they they you're like this is for our friend Chadwick Boseman, and I cried. And then he's sitting there though, going, you know, uh, when people we have a saying in our in our culture that when someone dies, they have don't completely leave us, and I'm like. <gasps> How very dare you! <laughs> Playing with my emotions. I mean, it's just, uh, it was so good. I thought that uh, Spider Man had a lot of heart in this, and his parts were really uh, well done. And a kudos to that voice actor because they couldn't get, they didn't get Tom Holland to do it. Yeah, but it, it uh, still had like very Tom Holland like delivery. Like, it still felt very, like, oh, I can see Tom Holland, like, saying these things. Yeah, and I mean, and it wasn't distracting. Because some of them, like, uh, when they had somebody else be Natasha Romanoff for, like, episode three, it was almost distracting because it was, like, enough not like her voice to be like, hmm. you're not Scarlett Johansson. Um, whereas this one, like... It took me a minute to, like, really be like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely not Tom Holland. But I don't mind it. Like, it's so, like, really well done and within the style of how he says things that it was, like you said, you could just be like, Tom Holland would definitely state this as Spider-Man. And it's oh, believable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But I just, I really enjoyed it. I love the twist, like I said, the twist and turns. Um, Like you said, uh, Zomba, uh, Z- Zombie Wanda is going to terrify my nightmares. Yeah, and and uh, again, we don't know what, like, as far as, like, the continuity of the show, like, what else is going to... Because we were supposed to see Doctor Strange and uh, uh, Peggy Carter at some point later in the series. Like, if, if, I, if we have to ever re- revisit zombie Wanda, I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, that seems right. utterly terrifying. Yeah, you're like, I don't know how that's going to go. Also, I love that it ends on a zombie Thanos. <laughs> with zombie Thanos having five of the six Infinity Stones. And has he... I, I believe he, he he's at he's in Wakanda, right? He's in Wakanda. Like, he's not even, like, on the out... Like, it looked like he was on the inside and that Wakanda had turned. Yeah, and like that's exactly where the the, mm-hmm. the train that they were on ha- was heading towards. <laughs> and so you're like, yeah. oh no, <laughs> we're flying a quad jet to to Wakanda because it should be safe. Uh, nope. Um, nah. But like, and like the ending though of how they set it up though is like because it, it it can clearly like diverge into two different paths, even just how it's set up. Because like me watching reviews or talking to other people, they're like, man. They're going to get there, and then Zombie Thanos is going to get all of the Infinity Stones. And I was like, oh, my mind didn't go that way. My mind went, they're going to get to Wakanda and be able to use the Mind Stone to reverse all of the uh, the zombies. And then Thanos is going to be there, not a zombie anymore, with five Infinity Stones and easily get the Mind Stone and then fuck the world over again. And the Avengers are not mm. going to be in a position to t- to stop it, 
because yeah they might not be zombies anymore but like fucking Wong lost his head so he dead Steve Rogers got cut in half he's dead um Scott Lang is a floating head uh Sharon <laughs> Carter um Sharon Carter exploded um uh what's her face the wasp um Hope Hope I was like, why can't I think of her name? Like, we spent two episodes only talking about her name. Hope, uh, <laughs> Hope Van Dyne is uh, is dead. Um, like, she dead dead. Like, you're just like, huh. We have other, like, people. Like, T'Challa only has one leg. <laughs> you're like, what happens now? So, like, it could go, like, I just, I love how, like, how these are setting up things and it can go like down all of these different little rabbit holes. Um, and my hope and desire for what if is that we don't always get a um, like I don't need all of these plot lines to come to fruition and for us to see how they play out. Um, but I would love for every season of what if to have one zombie episode, <laughs> and maybe that'll be the one continuous thing as we see more things that happen in zo- in, in the MCU Zombie Land. And that's all I want. That's the only continuity I need, like, within the seasons. Like, the season one can have its arc and do its thing, and the zombie thing just never touches anything else because we don't see it till season two. In season two, we get another episode of zombie that doesn't connect to anything else until, like, they're ready to end the show, and then zombies will, like, all, like, make sense somewhere. That's what I want from this. I love zombies. (laughs) <laughs> I just I just want one 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 episode every season of zombies. More zombies. Zombies, please. More zombies, or maybe we don't see a continuity on this one, and maybe it's just a different universe where where there's zombies, and we see zombies play out with different characters being zombies. That would be cool. Hell yeah. Maybe we should get the zomb- the Marvel Zombies comics and actually just read those because I feel like those would be fun for us. That would be a good jumping off place for comics for us. What do we read? Zombie, you know, zombies, uh, Marvel Zombies, um, which also I think was written by uh, Kirkman, who did uh, Walking Dead and Invincible. Yes, yes. I so think I've read this somewhere. Yeah, so like, yeah, we're gonna read, we're gonna read Mar- Marvel Zombies, y'all. Like, <laughs> point us to where we go, and we'll go get Marvel Zombies, and that's what we'll read. That'll be fun. <laughs> when we finally run out of MCU things to talk about, we'll start talking about us reading the comics. <laughs> Hysterical. We're slowly gonna, we're gonna hit that point at some point. At some point, the well's gonna run dry, and they're gonna be like, we gotta start spreading this shit out again. <laughs> Um, so then, yeah. uh, up next for what if is what if uh, Killmonger teamed up with Teca- with uh, Iron Man? Is that what we're seeing? What is this? Um, what on. if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Is that is that the what if? That's the question. Yeah. Okay, this is the one I've been excited to see because I'm kind of like. What are you gonna do with this? Because Killmonger is great, like especially if they're if it's I think is voiced by Michael B. Jordan again, so which is even better. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it says, while on deep cover a deep cover assignment inside the Ten Rings terrorist organization, uh, Shang Chi, hello, 
um, discovers and foils the plan to assassinate Tony Stark via the attack depicted in the first Iron Man movie, the same attack that resulted in Stark making his first Iron Man suit. So I'm so here for this. So they're saying, like, oh, what if Killmonger saved him and therefore Iron Man didn't make an Iron Man suit? That changes a whole lot of things. That changes a whole shit ton of things. All right, well, let's finish up this podcast so I can go watch that. <laughs> oh, that's right, because it just... <laughs> we're it's on right on, now. It's on right now. It's on right now. It dropped an hour ago. Um, so, I can talk a little uh, bit about the nanny. You, talk about the nanny. Yeah. The nanny named Fran. The nanny named Fran. Um, started season two uh these last like two weeks um haven't gotten super far just because been a little busy lately um but i did get to like get to episode like five or six or so um uh, my biggest kind of takeaway with the season so far is they are hitting the fran maxwell ship shipping like to every episode, there's a moment where they like look at each other longingly, or they're like they gaze, gaze at each other a little too long, you know, or, or it's or like that classic uh, uh, sitcom trope where uh, uh, there's one episode where they're like at it, <laughs> they uh, chaperone Maggie to a Stone Temple Pilots concert, and they realize that they're far too old for for this the the music of the youngins these days and i so, love it and, and they're outside like i think they're like eating a hot dog and like having a coke or something like a, a drink and one of them says like because uh, they're like throughout the episode fran was kind of dating a guy who happened to be like really old and rich but she realized like oh he was only using me as a trophy wife and i actually really want a relationship i want a guy who like knows what i want and then maxwell sheffield like walks up and is like oh do you want a sip of my coke and he's, she's like oh yeah thanks and, <laughs> and you're like it's those moments where you're like oh i wish i had a guy who like who understood my needs and he's like oh do you need this right now <laughs> And I'm like, it's wow, so they're good. they're they're smacking us over the head with Fran and Maxwell, like like shipping them in this, uh, at least in these first five episodes. I'm sure it's gonna get more and more as we go on. Oh yeah, but um, also be ready for the fact that they're still not going to get together for like at least two more seasons. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it wasn't until like the very last couple seasons where they actually like hook up in like I, I believe doesn't she like have his baby like don't they have I don't toys? know you're gonna you're the one playing catch up I'm I mean, trying I'm not a... to show spoil a show that came out in the like mid 90s for you but I mean like I, I, I've seen uh, I remember seeing episodes like even into the last bits of this uh, series because I do remember her being pregnant I don't know if it was with twins. I probably made that up, but I do remember her being pregnant, and it very seemed it seemed very much like it was Maxwell's. But I will wait. I will wait for that. But they are hinting. You'll have to wait and see. They are they are hinting at it hardcore, or they're like, you know, not even like hinting. They're just like smacking us over the face with Fran loves Maxwell. Fran Maxwell loves Fran. That kind of thing. 
Oh yeah, and I mean, like they're gonna they're gonna play this sitcom trope for a while, and it's still gonna be funny, and it's still gonna work, and um, it makes the payoff of them getting together really actually pay off. Mm-hmm. It's very much like when Ross gets Ross and Rachel get together. You're like, <gasps> finally. Well, and what's satisfying though about this is that like. The Friends ends with Ross and Rachel finally getting back together. And this show doesn't end with Fran and Maxwell getting together. We get to see that life of them together for, like, at least one or two seasons, I think. Mm. Of them actually, like, oh, this is us. This is us exploring dating. This is us exploring marriage. This is us, you know exploring this like this and that and what kind of things what struggles and things come across when they uh you know having to thrust you know fran who is you know the flashy girl from flesh fleshing into this upper you know snooty society and having to be you know the woman like the lady of the house and you know what her life does to like shake things up in that realm as well and it's fun and it's great and it's wonderful yeah the, uh, yeah definitely can't wait for that and that sort of thing the like having Fran's socioeconomic status kind of shaking things up in the you know the posh upper crust realm has always been like uh, a theme throughout all the uh, throughout the season the previous season and like even through in this season where um i think she's like uh, uh she takes she like uh, volunteers as like uh i forget what they call them but they're like the girl scout versions of they're like the knockoff versions of girl scouts i think they're like red robins or something like that yeah and she's like a dead mother and it's very clear that like the other dead mothers are like she's like doesn't live up to their like standard because they're like you know they're used to a certain certain level of panache or whatnot yeah um i do have to say that i'm i'm really glad we're seeing grandma yetta a lot more this season in the first five episodes we've seen her like in two two of the episodes and i grandma yetta is one of my favorite like characters because she's just so so wild and unpredictable. I love Grandma Yetta. Grandma Yetta is one of my favorite characters. And it's, and just like she is such a mood. She's like has no care in the world. She's like old as hell. So she's like I don't. I'll say whatever I have to say at that moment because I don't. I don't need to pussyfoot around. I've only got so much so much time on this earth. <laughs> Oh, and also that I love that they put her in, like, gold LeMay, like, sweatpants and a fanny pack constantly. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. She's always in, yeah, she's always in that, like, LeMay, like, shiny jumpsuit with, like, a fanny pack and a cigarette. Yeah, I hang it out of her mouth. Yep. (laughs) Perfection. With, like, 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 uh, bright, overdrawn red lips. And just like all the blush and like the bluest eyeliner or eyeshadow, you're just like Grandma Yet is a mood. She is a definite mood. Oh yeah, but she is absolutely a Jewish grandmother. Like you're uh, oh, like, for yep, sure. you are Jewish grandma. Mm-hmm. 
she's Grandma Yetta. She's Grandma. She's everyone's Grandma Yetta. <laughs> I love it, and I love that we get to see Fran kind of forcing her family on the uh, the Sheffield children. They're like, mm-hmm. "This is your grandma now. <laughs> Go hang out with Grandma Yetta." <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she she literally does that to Gracie. Yep. <laughs> literally okay, does that. It's okay, Gracie, you can have Grandma Yetta. She's like, okay. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. I love that you're loving it. Um, you'll get to have more time to watch it now that you're done moving. Yeah, we're. I mean, now that most of the stuff is, most of the bigger things have been taken care of i think we're gonna just take it easy for the next couple days before we start doing some final like because we still have to i mean it's not super important for the podcast but we're still not completely done (laughs) i was gonna say you'll you i'm sure there's a few things but you're you you have all of the uh all of the uh, nanny dvds are at your new apartment well actually i've been watching my hbo max they're all on hbo max so I don't, oh. even, I don't even need the DVDs. Oh, look at you all fancy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's take another break. Oh my God. I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 0202-1378. And we're back, pack, back, pack, back, pack again. Hello. Hi. Um, so we've come to the part of the podcast where we get to tell you what's coming up because we watched a shit ton of trailers. Yeah, first on our list of trailers that we've seen this this week is uh, the Matrix, the next Matrix uh, movie uh, trailer dropped, and the 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 movie was going by Matrix Four for the longest time, but has. Uh, officially been named the Matrix Resurrections, um, and they get and they did it in a kind of a strange, uh, sort of like uh, very very Matrix style, like mixing media kind of deal because the the trailer was kind of embedded in the official um, film's website, the website's official f- website and or the film's official website where. You can actually like literally pick a red pill or a blue pill, and that will like alter your experience on the on the website or um, show you different types of teasers and things like that. So, um, you know, that's very matrix of you to kind of kind of mix the re- mix reality with you know di- the digital world because that's kind of the crux of the matrix is that we're all living a digital. Uh, uh, simulation and that uh, the real real reality is uh, we're being hunted down by monster machines. Spoiler! No, f- I- spoiler <laughs> for those who haven't seen the Matrix movies. <laughs> As a spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the Matrix, which came out in 1999. Yeah, like uh, if you haven't seen the Matrix, lift that rock that you're living under, 
because it's probably next to mine, and then come join me and we'll watch The Matrix. Okay, so I mean, I I haven't seen The Matrix since like 1999. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I've seen all of the sequels also, and I remember the sequels being really bad. And I feel like this is what this movie is trying to do is fix that the other ones are really bad. Yeah, the third one wasn't very good. The because I I enjoyed the second one, um, but yeah, the third one was not very good. From what I remember, the second one was better than the third one, but not by a whole lot. Yeah, it's it's a ver- it's very much like writing the Star Wars like first of the trilogy is really good and then it just kind of falls. Except for the original trilogy because the original trilogy the second one was the best one. But I digress. Um but no and then like the whole trailer like that came out for is still I think technically a teaser trailer. It looks fascinating. And I'm just excited because the two people that look like they're playing therapists are Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff. <laughs> Jonathan Groff, and I'm yeah. like, And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready to see this now. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do this. I'm excited. Um, I need to probably rewatch all of the Matrix movies because, again, haven't seen them since the early 2000s when they came out. <laughs> and speaking of coming out, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, but having the... Originally, they were the Wachowski brothers... But both brothers, I believe, actually have transitioned. So the the series uh, creators are uh, Lana and I forget the other um, Wachowski. Um, but I I believe they're both they both transitioned. Huh. Well, good for them. Yeah, the Wachowskis. Lana and Lily both both transitioned. Oh, snaps. Yeah. Um, I forget when... I think they had transitioned well after the series... Um, well after the series had, uh, had been um, released. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember... I'm trying to remember if they... Uh, if they had transitioned during but I think it was after the film's releases yeah because uh, Lily has already been Lily and Lana I think Lana transitioned first I, I, I don't remember I don't not that it's su- <laughs> not that it's super important but uh, I thought that that was interesting that the original creators um, have both transitioned yeah, that's fascinating. So I love that. They used to be the Wachowski brothers. Now they are the Wachowski sisters. You better work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm only mildly excited for a, a Matrix movie. I think it's... I think whenever we revisit a past, you know, inter- intellectual property, it's always... It, it always doesn't quite... Like it's very rare where it, a reboot or a re uh, a revisit to the, uh, a previous you know series it's very rare that it ever goes really well. Uh-huh. Um, 
I can't. I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of a reboot or a re rehashing of a series that was successful. I'm trying to think like as far as like film film series. I mean, we just went through a whole Star Wars thing. I'm not even counting those. (laughs) No, but I mean like. Well, I mean, one of the ones that we're going to talk about is the Halloween series. Um, that was one that came that was revisited years later. That was really good and looks to be continue to be successful. But I think that if they pull this movie and pull it off and make it wonderful, they can't do anything else with it. Let it die. Just let it like be. let that be it, because I think that's where most of these things go awry like if you look at all of the star wars things like well i mean we don't we're gonna pretend the the prequel trilogy didn't happen but with the sequel trilogy first one it was a strong start you know you know to get kind of going you like okay yeah this is star wars this felt good this was fun and then they kept going and it just kept going going awry and i think that that's where these things fail so if we can get a solid Matrix sequel, have it do what it needs to do, have us, you know, appreciate and love these characters one more time while, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves is living his Keanu-sance. Um, and then they're like, and we're done. We're just going to get out of there. Just, you know, run away. <laughs> Leave it there and run. Really, That's, literally. That'll be perfection. Mwah. That's what I want. Chef's kiss. But um, they're not going to. It's going. They're going to be like, we're going to make five of these now, and I, they're going to ruin it. Um, but hopefully not. <laughs> Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, hopefully they don't like. Uh, they don't try to like s- stretch this out to another like Matrix trilogy. I don't know if they have even have been talking. I'm assuming that. If depending on how this movie goes, they may or may not go into um, talk about more like a Matrix fifth, a, f- a fifth or a sixth Matrix movie or whatnot, or to do like a Star Wars esque new new trilogy. Um, well, I mean, the original Matrix movie was only ever supposed to be one movie. It wasn't planned to be a trilogy. That's why the third one sucked so bad. Is because <laughs> the first one did really well. The second one did really well. People were a little disappointed in it, but they all still went to see it. The third one, everybody went to see, hoping it would still be good, and it was trash because they ran out of ideas. Yeah, and from my understanding, it also it also lives on through like a series of comic books. And so, like, there's they've expanded through to other media that if you need to get a fix of some Matrix, you can find it that way rather than being shoved a, a mediocre movie into the into your throat. But we'll see. Uh, I I haven't I I don't remember seeing any talks about possibly having another uh, sequel come about, but. You know, it, it'll probably just depend on how well this Matrix movie does, goes. I, I hope it does spectacularly well. And they go, and that's how we end. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's all they want. This, I just want them to stop. They yeah. won't. Like, that's my thing, though, is that there's nothing been announced. I haven't heard anything. But they won't. If it does really well, they're going to be like, let's make more. 
Because that's what they did the first time. No. Or maybe they, uh, who knows, maybe they've, maybe they've learned their lesson and realized that, like, you know what, we should just le- let, let's, what is the, the saying, let sleeping dogs lie? Something what? Like a Hollywood producers learned their lesson? You never know. No. <laughs> I um, can keep my rose-colored glasses on for a moment. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, let's move on. Um, Zoe's extraordinary playlist is Finding New Life on the Roku channel. <laughs> so stupid. As a TV movie. As a Christmas TV movie. <laughs> I'm not mad that it's a movie, like, and maybe we can get, like, a final, like, send-off with these characters, because, the la- like, the last season kind of, like, ended, and we're like, oh, well, that wasn't satisfying. They just got canceled. Um, but that's where we're at, and I'm like, I'm okay. If they're like, this is how we can wrap this up, we'll wrap it up in a movie. It'll be Christmas. It'll be fun. I'm like, sure, I'll watch it. But really... <laughs> Netflix went nah, Hulu nah, HBO Max, Roku. HBO nah. Max went nah, not Roku. even Amazon Prime, <laughs> nah, nah, like Roku, like okay, so Roku channel, I'm tuning in, only for that. <laughs> I didn't know Roku had a channel. Only if you have, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I have a Roku TV. It says that there's a Roku channel. Have I ever actually clicked on it? Nah. All right. Well, we're, we will explore this together and we'll see how it goes. Cause I really enjoyed that show. You have to watch the, uh, season. You haven't even finished season one. You've seen the pilot. Yes. I mean, it, you it, saw ironic, the pilot on YouTube. I saw the pilot on YouTube, told you, then saw nothing else, and then you've completed the series. <laughs> then I binged it because of, like, I caught on to it at the very end. But, um, but yeah, um, we'll watch that and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, um, the. We will give you an in-depth look at what the Roku channel looks like. Because <laughs> Lord knows. We don't know what what's on what's gonna look like, um, but we'll do that. Um, and then um, Halloween is making the Halloween movie is making I think a poor choice. It, it, I mean, it's I don't know what what the numbers were for previous. Okay, so the what's happened is. Um, the the new Halloween movie Halloween Kills is premiering um, in theaters October fifteenth, but now is also streaming for free on the Peacock uh, streaming service uh, if you are subscribed to that. Um, so I know that for previous in movie and streaming simultaneous releases that in order to watch it streaming you had to pay like a premium one time like 20 or 30 bucks except for HBO Max HBO Max if you had HBO Max everything uh, all of their properties that went to theaters also went direct to streaming for free oh okay 
so but that was the that was the uh i think the only one everything else uh, there's some sort of like premium a, yeah it had a premium upcharge or something to be able to see the movie um or to be able to unlock it to be able to stream it mm-hmm. but i don't think anybody's because i think even hbo stopped their uh their free thing because i think their stuff that's starting to come out they're like oh yeah no it's not going to be streaming anymore i mean according to this indie wire article um because uh halloween is being produced by or being released by universal and nbc universal and they they had previously released <laughs> The Boss Baby movie, The Boss Baby Family Business, the sequel, um, both on in theaters and on the Peacock subscription service, um, and that pulled in a, a a worldwide total of 105 million dollars. I don't know if that's a significant number. That sounds like a lot to me. Uh, Is it a hundred million? Hundred million, yes, 105 million worldwide. So, I, I mean, that's not terrible, but it's also not, like, I mean, Shang-Chi did, what, like, 85 million domestic, so. Well, I mean, to be fair, a Boss Baby is not, to comparing a Boss Baby to an MCU movie is, that's kind of rude. <laughs> no, but... I mean, we'd have to compare it to, like, the first film and how that one did, but, I mean, like, it, like, that sounds like it's, like, decent numbers, but, I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at offering it for like you're just not going to make as much money especially for something that's on a free service like yeah you might get a cut of like what people are paying for their subscription but you have people like you who you don't pay for it it's free with your with your cable yeah i got uh, uh from xfinity i got a free subscription to peacock it just means that i just have to witness watch it with ads that's all that means well, yeah, so I mean, like, if it's, oh, you can watch it free at home, but you have to watch it with ads, like, nobody's going to watch it at home, or very few people will watch it at home. But if it's like, oh, I pay, like, the upcharge to be able to see things without ads, and I pay, like, I don't know, like, 10 bucks a month for Peacock with no ads, yeah, I'll watch that shit at home instead of going out if I don't want to go out that night. So, I don't know. I just think, like, from, like, a financial standpoint, it seems like not the best move, especially since movies are starting to prove that you can make good money with just only, like, only in theaters with theatrical releases. Especially something like Halloween. Like, I feel like Halloween's gonna do fine. Um, I mean, Halloween, I was rooting for you. I single-handedly got Venom moved back. (laughs) <laughs> because I kept telling them it was a dumb idea and they, they pushed their release date back. I did that for you, Halloween, because I was like, Halloween don't need that competition because well, really, I said Venom didn't need that competition because Halloween was going to fucking kill it. Hee <laughs> hee. Um, Tee hee. But uh, now you're doing streaming. I mean, you do what you gotta do, but we'll see. Um, we will see because I'll go see this in theaters because this will be fun. Yeah, and like the first, and uh, to be to be clear, this is the reboot featuring uh, 
Jamie Lee Curtis because Halloween was rebooted back in like the early aughts by Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Um, and that was is, not that, that was not as good. Uh, that, we're not talking about that sequel. We're talking about the sequel to um, the I think in two thousand eighteen was the uh, was the sequel was the first Halloween. Uh, sure, I don't I know. Forget, the The chronology of these movies are always wonky because there's so many of them. But this is a, this is a canonical sequel to the original, like the, the, the originals, because Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Yes, and she, she she fucking doesn't need to go so hard, and she's just she's she's so good at acting. She really is. Like she single handedly has kept this this like franchise on its Absolutely. on her shoulders for sure. She was oh, yeah. is it has it wasn't she named one of the original Scream Queens, quote unquote, from her original? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Jimmy Lee Curtis, we stand you. We stand you hardcore. Hardcore. Um let us talk about our last thing on our list. Hawk I got a trailer. I'm we're, so excited. We're... And it's Christmas themed. So happy. More Christmas Um, things. (laughs) So Christmas themed. Okay, so everybody's like everybody that I've talked to and I've seen has been comparing the trailer to like, oh, it's like, uh, like Die Hard because you know it takes place at Christmas, but there's like action and stuff. And my brain, being me, immediately was like, you know what this reminds me of? Home Alone. It gives hysterical. me big home alone. It gives me big home alone energy, but like more dangerous. But like because like especially like the way the trailer was set up, and then you have like the it's the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> you know, doing his thing like in the middle of the trailer. Um, also, so Jonathan and I have already talked about this at length. Um, Rogers the musical. I need it. I need a cast album yesterday, and I want to see it. I want it so bad. And also, um, one of the actors on the stage doing their thing, standing like, if you're looking at the screen, standing to the, uh, on the left side or Captain America's uh, right, um, right side, is fucking Adam Pascal. Is it really? Adam Pascal is a random ass fucking dancer in this fake musical and I want it. I want it now. <laughs> and it's been confirmed because one of the uh, Broadway actors that was uh, in it, and they pulled like Broadway actors to do this, tagged Adam Pascal in the thing. And I was like, that fucking was Adam Pascal. <laughs> wow. Also, also this show looks really great, but I'm going to talk about the fact that Adam Pascal is in Hawkeye. <laughs> That is super random. And I also heard somewhere that Brian Darcy James is also supposed to be on this show somewhere. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's dressed up as one of those Avengers in there also. He might be Thor. Who knows? But I didn't see him and I couldn't confirm where he is yet. He might just not be seen in the trailer yet. But I'm here for it. Um, Adam Pascal is in the MCU. <laughs> Hysterical. And it's canon. Um, also, the show looks fun. I uh, I like the vibes. I like the uh, the fun feel for this teaser trailer. 
Um, and um, I have a feeling that it's not going to be all upbeat and happy. <laughs> I think that's just the teaser trailer being like, oh yeah, it's going to be a fun Christmas show. And then you're like the, either the next trailer or they won't even touch on it. And then we're going to watch the show and been like, why am I crying? Why am I like, why am I anxious? What's going on? Why is this so dark? Oh yeah, it's Christmas. At least that's I'm, my theory. Oh my God. I'm, I'm actually looking at, I'm looking through the trailer at the Rogers musical. That really is Adam. Why are you doubting me? Excuse me. <laughs> well, it's because I, 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 I had to see it for myself. It's Adam Pascal. He's just standing there. He's he is dancing. He is dancing hard. I want a cast album. Oh, I'm trying to think. It was because he's dancing next to Loki and Thor. Um, I don't know who these other people are. I also love the outfit for uh, Hulk because it's like literally just like green face paint and like a green hoodie. <laughs> yeah, he's in a green hoodie. I'm like, come uh, on, Broadway, you could do better than that. I don't know who, because he's just dressed up in like what looks like jeans and like a, uh, yeah, like so, a sports like jacket. Yeah, like an I Well, and he has like an I Heart New York shirt on underneath that. Uh, yeah. Um. So in a new Rockstars breakdown, they said that they're not sure who he's playing, but they also clocked that it was Adam Pascal, and he goes, I don't know, like maybe Howard Stark question mark because it looks like it could be like a big finale number where they have all the characters out on stage like doing a thing and so maybe it was like a Howard Stark who was in like the first half of the musical and the guy on the other side was like maybe like a Hank Pym or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, but yeah and then you have all the random ones uh, characters hanging out like it's the Chitari from the Battle of New York and uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye are also on that top level with the Chitari. And then, uh, yeah, and then we saw Thor, um, which also I'm low-key kind of disappointed that Ew. Thor isn't uh, Matt Damon. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great, but it's not. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm excited for this show, but I'm really excited for Rogers the Musical. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, this will be interesting. I, um, I mean, I'm, I have no feelings towards Hawkeye. I, I don't know if, like, I'm very coming in this, like, ultra nooch. Like, all right, okay, this thing exists. Sure. I'm not particularly, yeah. like, looking forward to it, nor am I, like, gonna avoid it. I'll watch it to see, like, what, what they're gonna do with the character. Because isn't this supposed to be, like, we're sending off Hawkeye? Yeah, I I don't know if we are, like, if Jeremy Renner's, like, contract's coming up or, and, like, they're like, okay, yeah, we gotta phase him out soon. But the idea is that uh Haley Steinfeld's char- character, the uh, Kate Bishop, does in the comics take over the mantle of Hawkeye, um, and uh, she ends up like leading or being a part of, I guess, the West Coast Avengers, which is like based out of like California. 
So that could be a thing. Or there also talks about, again, that she could be part of the Young Avengers, which they seem to be setting up because they keep bringing in people who are like, oh, those are Young Avengers. But they're not like have it banded together yet so like there's a few different ways they can go with that but there's also in the comics where Clint Barton stays a hockey or like takes a new name or he takes on the mantle of Ronan again which who he was when he was like murdering people and going stabby stabby in Endgame yes. um, he uh, he keeps the mantle of Ronan um, not necessarily as a bad guy, but to, you know, go fight crime and stuff also. And then Kate Bishop takes on Hawkeye. And they're both still hanging around. Um, so I don't know. Jeremy Runner could be like, I've been doing this for far too long. <laughs> I'm ready to stop. Um, and we might just let him stop. Or, um, and this is his send off. I don't know. Because I haven't heard, I don't think, a confirmation that. Jeremy Renner was done. Mm-hmm. If this is his big send off, I think it's a cool way to do it. But um, they might be trying to keep some of the originals around a little bit longer um, for people who've already like been hanging around a bit because we've already killed off or sent off into like the past a few of our big names. Right, 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 but- right. But we shall see on November 24th, and I'm so excited, because that'll be right, like, that should be, like, a couple weeks after uh, What If ends. How many? Because we we're, we're, we're still have, what, three or four more episodes? Five? There's ten episodes of What If. And we, and season, episode six is just dropped. Yeah, so we have, so this week is six, seven, eight... Nine ten. Okay, so then we do have like a few weeks. So, oh, so we'll have a couple weeks. Then we'll have Eternals, and then Hawkeye will start. So we'll yeah. have have some breaks for us to f- figure out what to do with our lives. But <laughs> <laughs> <Or> read zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the end of our show. That's the end of the show, y'all. Thanks for listening to nobody asked our opinion you can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobody asked our opinion at gmail.com follow us on instagram and tiktok because we do the tiktok barely but we do the tiktok <laughs> at nobody asked our opinion and you can listen to us on youtube at nobody asked our opinion podcast follow joanna uh on instagram at joey snow 2006 and you can follow me at pianoman underscore zero five. Please follow our unpaid intern Natalia at the Third Rule Creative, and our awesome producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell everybody. Check us out. Just helps us with the algorithms and getting us to more ears and. Make this more more of a thing. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye.